0: Good morning, I'm your host, Claudia Shamba, welcoming you to the May 17, 2020 edition of Ask a Leader. Primaries are being held in Pennsylvania. North Carolina, Kentucky, Oregon, and Idaho. And as I want to say, make sure listeners that your friends and family living in those places turn out to vote. With the anger and pain we feel, it must translate into electoral heft. And may I say, with the post-election analysts, uh, when they attribute influences wield from the former presidents, the more interesting factor could be underwriting guys like Peter Thiel. Just just pay attention to that stuff. So today we continue California primary coverage as we hear from two candidates for the Orange County Board of Education Trustee Area 2, inside which UCI K- UCI resides. This election is the final. There will be no runoff. So other reason why to hang out close down to the bout this June 7th primary election. The new boundaries for the Orange County Board of Education were redrawn in 2020 and include Seal Beach, Rossmore, Los Alamitos, Cypress, Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley, Costa Mesa, and parts of Newport Beach and parts of Irvine. Irvine's that's mainly south of the I-405. The first candidate we'll hear from is Martha Floor, former Newport-Mesa Unified School District Board Trustee, former president of the California School Boards Association, and former school special ed teacher. In the second segment, we'll hear from Mary Bark, Orange County Board of Education incumbent and staff member of the California Policy Center. We'll be right back. My first guest is Martha Floor, one of three candidates vying for this next term serving constituents in the newly redrawn Orange County Board of Education Trustee Area 2. The incumbent is Mary Barkey, who will be in the second segment. The other challenger is Christopher Gagnier, whose YouTube campaign video listeners listeners can view on the web. Martha Flohr is a retired Newport Mesa School Board trustee with three, with decades, she's been three, at least three decades of experience in education as a PTA volunteer and a special ed teacher. During her three decade long tenure on the school board, uh, she's served uh, on the school attendance review board, the school and wellness nutrition advisory committee, in addition to the budget advisory audit and policy committees. She was a member of the Coastline Regional Occupation Program Board, focusing on career technical education for all students. All students. She also served as a member of the Board of Directors of the California School Boards Association, and in 2011 served as president as well as trustee on the National Board Association. She's also served as council representative and PTA president for Monte Vista High School, football and cheer booster club member, and as an after-school enrichment instructor, member of the Foundation Board for the Children's Hospital of Orange County, that's CHOC folks, and is a Girl Scout leader in Newport Mesa. She completed her bachelor's degree at San Diego State University in Social Sciences and Education. She joins me in studio today. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Martha Floor.
1: Thank you, Claudia.
0: So, and I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm do this now before I forget the end. I always thank people that are running for elected office. That's doing us a huge service. So I'll do that right now. And I'll do that with the second segment, too. But first, while the Board of Education doesn't have the power to mandate curriculum or COVID-19 regulations, it does have final say on the school charter school applications in Orange County and approves the annual budget for the County Department of Education, I'd like for you, Martha, to quickly just give us a brief tell to our listeners, what is the purview of the Orange County Board of Education?
1: Um, The primary purview is is threefold, really. Uh, First of all, um, they are um, required to educate our most vulnerable students. Um, Those are the students that are in foster care, our incarcerated youth or in the juvenile justice system are homeless youth uh, special education and those students that have been expelled from um, local school districts because of some of the infractions and the requirements set by the state of California that's one uh, the second one is that they are an appellate body they are required to um, if a school district and a student wants to transfer and a school district, Denies that transferred, they can appeal um, grades. They can appeal transfers to the Orange County Board of Education and the Board of Education make a ruling on that. Um, as well as there are char- they can they can rule on charter school appeals, as well as um, any district sort of interdistrict disputes. Um, their final one is that they do have an executive or what we call administrative duty, they approve the budget. They do not write the budget. It is the superintendent who writes the budget for the Orange County Department of Ed. But they do approve that budget. And they can um, approve their own charter schools that have been drafted for specifically um, the entire county. The example of that would be a Samueli Academy, which is a district, uh, Orange County Board of Education, District-approved charter school, and that means county. it's countywide. So it's countywide.
0: The catchment area for for that kind of a charter school and that application is for for all members. And Correct. is that K through just K twelve? That's K twelve. So most charter schools are K um, twelve. No, not necessarily. Okay. They can be
1: specific to a specific grade. Um, they can be elementary school or they can be K twelve. Um, primarily, though, the Orange County is is a is K twelve. Okay. So,
0: I think listeners are interested they heard me talk introduce you as a as a veteran, you were coming out of retirement. Tell us what um you, what has sort of been the nudge here to 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 run for office now. Were were you you're, as an individual you're thinking, huh, "I'm I'm not sure how this is going <laughs> right now," or were, were there was there a little mini movement there saying you you know your circle saying,
1: "Martha, you've got to run." Well, um, that really started in about 2019. I was serving as um, on my locally elected school board, which is Newport Mesa Unified School District. And in 2019, we had a charter application for a charter school. Um, our school district did its due diligence. We are required to look into the finances. We're lo- required to look into the curriculum. We're required to look into the management. We're required to do all of that and do our due diligence. That's our role. Um, our our um, district administration recommended a denial. And so our district, our Board of Education, after much conversation, after much uh, we heard from the community, they came out and spoke out about it, um, and we denied it. Um, They immediately appealed to the Orange County Department of Ed and to the Orange County Board. Um, Again, it went through a rigorous um, vetting process, and the Orange County uh, Department of Ed staff um, also recommended a denial. They did not feel it was up to the caliber. Uh, they took public comment, and as a result, uh, this um, the current board, with the exception of Becky Gomez, uh, elected to approve it over the objections of the community members, over the objections of our district. Um, since that time, they've had numerous problems with that and so in 2019 i started thinking that this was unconscionable the way they treated the public um there was no disclosure and so basically i flunked retirement and in 2021 um decided that i would take a look at it um then some circumstances occurred and my husband passed away quite suddenly oh, not of am... not of not of covid but i'm so was... sorry
0: i didn't Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so.
1: Um, my condolences, Martha Thank you. Floor. So I, stepped, I, oh. stepped, I really did step back and decide, no, this is I, it's not the right time. I have my five children. And then um, things got, started getting significantly worse um, from my point of view in terms of going, I went to the meetings. And they started um, a lot of fear mongering. And taking positions that as an I knew as an elected official, a previous elected official, um, they don't have a right to do that. They have to uphold the laws in the state of California. And one of those is, of course, the vaccine mandates, which was a law. And then they started proceeding with a lot of lawsuits and spending over $7 million on lawsuits. And by the way, they've lost almost every single one. Um, and there's a couple more pending over items that they have no control over. And so at that point, I said, enough is enough, and I'm coming out of retirement and and, and putting a stop to this.
0: The beginning of that, I had Ken Williams on the show to talk about his... He was formerly... The trustee that represented where we are situated right now, and since the redistricting, now we're in the area, trustee area too. But that that was beginning to open up a great deal. And I always like to sort of break down the fiscal aspects. This is money that this is legal system, legal retainers, outside of the general counsel for the Board of Education. So it gets really expensive when you're drawing on other legal help.
1: Correct, because not only do we have to understand that we have excellent legal counsel that actually, prior to that, was approved by a committee of the board of the during execution. the hiring okay. process. Wow. And this was prior to the election in that year, in June 2018. Um, just prior to that, there was a there was a committee that was made up that that reviewed the qualifications and hired the the Orange County General Counsel. The election occurred, the vote the the board changed, um, and then Ken Williams um, started started needing thing that they needed the board needed it. But you have to remember that the Orange County General Counsel not only serves the council for the Board of Education and the Orange County District. It also provides legal services and legal counsel to the 28 school districts in Orange County, which represents over 500,000 students. So that department is quite large because they have to make sure that school districts are in compliance um, with the laws. So that's what I want to have us break down here is the, there's a couple of zero-sum
0: situations the funds that are being used for legal retaining are funds that are not going to develop curriculum. We're going to talk about that. There's another zero sum I want to talk about is what curriculum is getting the attention, what, or what what decisions are made when charter schools enroll people, and is it and, and the cherry picking of so there are people that not everybody gets to get into a, uh, enrolled in a charter school. So there's that kind of zero
1: well, sum too. I think that the important thing is to remember is that there's a finite sum of money. Uh, and as as boards, and this is coming from my experience on the board, between eighty and eighty five percent of a school district's budget is is about uh, benefits, salaries, and benefits. It's about personnel. So now you have about say fifteen percent of that fifteen percent. You have all of the general maintenance, utilities, etc. You have curriculum. And then you have our student, our students, and the student and the programs. So, this money that is being siphoned off and squandered by this board of the tune of seven million is coming out of one pot. It's coming out of our students, and these are not just general ed regular students. These are our most vulnerable kids. These are the kids that are homeless. These are the kids that are foster. These are our kids that are in, spe- in special ed. These are our kids that are incarcerated or in in the juvenile justice system, and that's where the money's coming out of. So it's a bit of a safety net, but it's th- it this, is the it's the only take, safety net. You take seven million
0: out of there, there's a hole. There you people go. People will fall through. There you that. go. Well, then I'm wondering if there's still one more category. It's some kind of a way of managing COVID protocols that are constantly changing. So that could have come out of that 15 percent of the whole board of education budget too.
1: Uh, Part of it, but I wouldn't say a lot of it Not because lot, it's still something. It's still something because that a lot of the COVID money we got was from, um, and all school districts received money for uh, PPE, etc., from um, federal government. So for those of you who've
0: just joined us, my guest is Martha Floor, one of three candidates vying for this next term, serving constituents in the newly redrawn Orange County. Board of Education trustee area two, the new boundaries. I'm going to reiterate them, folks, because we're this is there's a lot of moving parts in this primary on June 7th. The new boundaries for the Orange County Board of Education were redrawn in 2020. Our area two, where this station is located, and also includes Seal Beach, Rossmoor, Los Alamitos, Cypress, Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley, Costa Mesa, parts of Newport Beach, and mainly the part of Irvine, south of the 405. So West Park's picked up a little bit, and there's a few other neighborhoods, but mainly that. So shall we break down, maybe use as a case study, the Orange County Classical Academy was a, a major project, and it was, I don't know where it was originally based, but they were there was first the application, and then there was the application for it to be a countywide system. So do you want to walk us through the process toward which, uh, to, to illustrate how the Orange County Board of Education has processed that and the stakes that are involved in that the, the interested parties that were going to benefit, that have benefited, will benefit from that institution being ratified
1: inside the County of Orange. Sure. Um, the original Orange County Classical Academy was established in the Orange Unified School District. It was an application. It was approved on a very slim vote of 4-3, um, and they have been operating. It models itself in its curriculum after- Can you just step back? When the 4-3, thats there are five members of the Board of Education, but 4-3 is- Meaning the board on the, that in on Orange that, Unified on that board, I believe Orange Unified has a seven-member board. So is that's the that board it? we want to make sure we're. Yeah, so okay. there's a se- several districts are uh, most districts are five-member boards, but Orange Unified, I believe, is a seven-member board, just like Newport Mesa. So it was approved on a four-three vote. So they have been operating in Orange Unified. Um, for a number of years, they subscribed to a curriculum that was founded by the Hillsdale College, which is a small Christian college in in um, Michigan. Well, it's not that small. It's a it's part of the whole DeVos family
0: sort That's of correct. trust. I mean, this is a, this is pretty big because I'm I'm just wanting to have people keep in mind the charter school sorts of proponents, supporters, alliance. This is the same group that had taken out. In on May eighth in the New York Times a full page ad the National Alliance for Public Charter Schools so it's you said it's a small system but it's really it's quite it's got a lot of capital that is allowing it to sort of reach out and uh, extend this network into from from Michigan to other places around the
1: country correct the city of Orange is now one such case study correct and it was founded by. uh, Dr. Jeff Barkey who is Mary Barkey's husband and she sits on she is a current member of the Orange County Board of Education and my opponent her husband also sat on the Los Alamitos board and then lost his election so it was established by uh, and approved and has been operating in Orange uh, unified a couple of the other founders are uh, Mark Booker who is on the um, who is the chair of the and founder of the uh, California Public Policy, um, and Mary Barkey is uh, uh, an executive with that board um, and committee, and it's an ultra-conservative think tank. As well as uh, there's a, another gentleman on there who's running for the super state superintendent, uh, school superintendent of schools, Lance Christensen. He is running against Tony Thurman, and as well as Stefan Bean, he is also an um, affiliated, and he's running against Dr. Almohar. So it's quite a, quite That's an interesting county superintendent, it, correct? And it's so it's quite a um, incestuous sort of relationship. Um, then uh, Dr. Barkey and his, his colleagues decided that they wanted to expand their reach, um, and so they applied to become a, a countywide charter. And so after much discussion, uh, Mary Barkey did, as required, she did abstain from that vote. Um, she did not leave the dais. But she did abstain from the discussion. Was she supp- Was that would that have that been a better side of Valerie to have left the dais? She should have left. The, that's my opinion. She should have re- accused herself and left. She did state that she was. Um, there was a conflict there, but she should have um, removed herself because you know um, facial expressions, nodding, um, can be interpreted as well. There's
0: a, power in
1: in presence. Correct okay, so uh, and it was approved it was approved on a four one uh, vote, and so now the Orange County classical Academy will be extended to a couple of other districts and we'll start m- moving into a couple of other districts and
0: that's a k through twelve that particular that's system correct there. and so is it and the their the curriculum they take from the Hillsdale system then so correct. it's like if if we know one school, we know them all pretty much correct so um the Charter school do do they have enough of a record that people know what kind of enrolling, uh, what kind of students are joining here? Because I'm this is the other asymmetry I was gonna, or the other zero sum I was gonna talk about is that charter schools make their own selections of who's enrolled. If I had a child that had an individualized uh, education program because of learning. Sorts of deficiencies. Now, is that going to encumber my getting a child enrolled in a charter school like Orange County Classical Academy? How does
1: that work? Technically, the law states that they are supposed to have equal access and allow for enrollment, but we don't know. Um, we do have, we know that there are some schools that accept uh, special ed kids. Um, and provide those, they are mandated to provide services for those students. And most of the time, those mandated services are coming from the local district in which they are, where where they are.
0: So just refresh us about the, uh, well, it's just another kind of a zero-sum situation. So the funds that are supporting the charter school does, what does that do for the the district where they're located? The available
1: public school funding. Okay, um, if a locally adopted school district, um, let's say, oh, City of Orange previously, if if the city or of Orange, Newport. the city of if the city of uh, if the district school district of in Orange Unified or Newport Mesa developed and homegrown and approved a locally charter school within their district for their students Mm -hmm. Um, then it's 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 managed its oversight is strictly for the students in the newport mesa or in the orange unified school district kids can go go there uh, from other apply to go to that school Um, but it basically is managed and overseen by the locally elected school board and the, and the staff. The other charter is, for example, Isaac. Isaac or the Irvine, I think for, for your listeners, the most important one that is occurring right now is the Irvine International Academy, um, which was established and approved uh, about a year ago um, in Irvine. It was a dual language um, Mandarin program charter school. Um, that the Irvine Unified School District denied. This was one that went to the county. Again, uh, the county, uh, the entire county department that has about 20 people overseeing uh, the charter school division within the county um, recommended denial. They did not feel it was a a substantial program. There was some questions about their, their management, who who was who were qualified teachers, et cetera, et cetera, and they recommended denial. Unfortunately, this board uh, the approved Orange it. County
0: Board of Education. The Orange
1: County Board of Education approved this charter, and now um, everything is coming to roost. They have the the director has been removed. Um, he has been placed on leave. We have numbers, and I've been at the board meetings where. Um, the city council has been getting involved because the citizens of that, the the parents of that school have uh, called, they have called, gone to their own city council members, uh, Anthony Kuo, as well as, well as Farah Khan, uh, complaining about some of the issues that are going on. Um, it's come to the board a number of times um, and as one of the staff members of the Orange County uh, Department of Ed, that it's been unprecedented. They've had over 30 complaints. And again, um, and so that money, um, it's now a county charter, but it's in a school district. So the county now has the responsibility, but the money that is going is coming from Irvine Orange Unified school orange district. unified. To the county, there's a premium that has to be paid there. I'm sorry, you said, you were talking about Farrakhan and Anthony Cole, that's Irvine. That's Irvine on, City Council. It's coming out of Irvine's Unified School District. It's coming out of it's Irvine no orange, Unified, okay. not, not, but they were part of the complaints. They had their own representatives coming and compl- and letting them know that they were receiving citizens' complaints. And it's a, it's, a, it's a real mess. And I don't know what's going to happen, but the Orange County board of education with the exception of becky gomez has put their their head in the sand and thinks that there's nothing wrong period
0: so when you said that 7 million with an m dollars are is a an amount it's being used to defend the board's decisions to overrule a
1: denied application for charter school no, that's well. What? No, the seven million dollars is really on lawsuits. The lawsuit, um, but right? There are lawsuits that there haven't been any lawsuits on this one yet. No, but I'm saying the seven million dollars is the floor. There now,
0: the we're going there will be more costs. Oh, I'm sure up there's, with, there's with their uh, decisions they're making. That's this is
1: only this is only on lawsuits, but there are more costs. And the and the the tragedy of this whole situation is the cost to our students. It's the cost to the families who place their trust in a school system and who wanted the best for their kids in making that choice. And they chose the Irvine international Academy or they chose Isaac or they chose whatever, ever charter school. And now they're suffering the consequences of inadequate uh, supervision, uh, some issues of nepotism. They're not getting the education that they were, that they were promised and our kids are suffering. And so the, the human cost to children's education is 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 the, is the tragedy here.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't get do overs, right? They're just they're moving through. They're advancing grade after grade. But also, is there a loss that may or may not be sort of quantitatively gauged? Is this is a an opportunity cost of developing you know curriculum for twenty twenty two? I mean, there's always new pedagogical kinds of of breakthroughs, and you can't do that while you're defending some kind of a uh, an opaque uh,
1: underperforming charter school. Well, I, I, you know, it may be that, but the Board of Education, the Orange County Board of Education doesn't really have um, curriculum. That's really established by the state and by local school districts. But what there is is a, is a loss of, a tragic loss of confidence in our public school system, um, in our public school districts, our, our schools, um, when we have a tragedy where a board doesn't listen to its districts, its parents, its communities, and there's a loss of, 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 of confidence. And that's the tragedy, is that, in my opinion, the board, um, the current Board of Education, Orange County Board of Education, is intent on defund, defunding public education period.
0: Well, and when we read the literature from the the guest in the second segment that she talks, takes pride in being responsive to to parents and that kind of thing, but you're giving us a different kind of dynamic.
1: I think it's important. Children are uh, and parents are there. It has the first right. I have five children. They're now grown now and they have children. But I always looked at my kids and said, what's the best education? I do have children who went to um, a Catholic school, um, high school, I do have children that went back east to a special ed school because they, they needed specific um, issues. But most of my kids, all of my kids went to public elementary schools. But that's a parent's right. But a parent's right should also have, uh, should be, be confident in that school. And as a board member, you want to ensure that those kids, any kid that we have in our schools, whether it's public, private, religious, I don't care. I want that it to be a great school for those families, and if they're not providing that, and we don't have that insurance, and a, it's that's an a accountability doing, that, thing. That's a, that's doing a disservice. Yeah. And so, how can you, when you have, we're a lay boards. There, we're lay people. Some of us have educational backgrounds. I have a teaching credential in special ed and in in, in elementary ed. I know curriculum and I know that. But many of our board members are physicians. They could be doctors. They could be um, housewives. They could be contractors. It doesn't make any difference. So we have to place our trust in, in the, the professionals our superintendent, our our people at the Orange County Board of Education. And when they put their stamp of approval, we know that they've done their due diligence. They know that it's in compliance with laws. They know that it's within budget. They know all of that. And so for us as lay people to say, your opinion and your recommendations don't matter because we know best, that's doing a disservice to our parents. Well, I I wanted to ask
0: about what your plan A or B, were you elected to the trustee area board uh, the, a position? The, um, what would happen if the superintendent changed hands from Milhares to Mr. Bean? That is something I want people to, to look at their ballots really carefully and, and um, see what kind of consequence flow from what, what Martha Flores is able to mention. But I, I just want to close this interview with... How you are luring people to the bottom of our ballots here so that people are voting in this Board of Education Trustee Area 2 slot there. How and how
1: can people meet you, Martha Floor? Well, I can um they can certainly uh uh email me at Martha Floor F L-U-O-R-2022 at gmail.com. They can go to my website, marthafloor.com. Fluor dot com. I always have to put in that preface because it's floor like in ride or like in Fluor Corp, which was a long. Which was standard. here? Yeah, that's correct, and that's my uh, my husband's family started that company over 112 years ago. I my didn't husband, ask, but I, I yes. should, maybe I could have. Okay, yes. wow, yeah. So that was my husband's company started right here, uh, and was based in Santa Fe Springs, and then moved to the 405, the big uh, the big building on the on the freeway. All right, wonderful. one. And so, and, and I have a groundswell of, of, of supporters in all of my, my areas and constituencies. I'm out meeting, having meet and greets. Um, the biggest thing that we like to tell people is this is not a primary election. You have to vote. It's a one and done on June 7th, and we are all the way to the back of the ballot after the judges. So that's the most important thing, and it's page each, four up there. Page well on my ballot, it's page four. Yeah, um, and the critical is that there are there are three contests up um, within uh, the the board positions. There's District Two, District Five, which also which is just Smith, and she also has a portion of Irvine, um, and. And myself in District 2. But Al Maharas, Dr. Al Maharas is the superintendent. He is also running for reelection. And he is on every single ballot in, in the county because he he's a countywide. So, I'm just encouraging everyone. um, Certainly, my phone number is listed on my website. They're certainly willing, um, they can pick up the phone and call me. I'm very accessible. I'm happy to meet with groups individually, answer their questions. Um, I respond to emails, um, and I visit schools on a regular basis. I'm so proud of our schools. Something that that I hope to bring back to our board is a sense of pride, a sense of transparency, and a sense of of listening to our parents, all parents, um, and visiting our schools. Well, thank
0: you. you. There's a whole lot more to talk about. What my emphasis was, the structure. I know everybody's aware there were a lot of massive challenges to schools performing during the pandemic. We could not get to that because we could... We really had to be very thematic. So I want to thank you, Martha Floor, for taking the time to be in studio with me today and, again, for running for office. Thank you. My guest was Martha Floor running as the Orange County Board of Education Trustee Area 2. The, and then, as she said, it's one and done. June 7th is your one opportunity to vote for this. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. We'll be back in the second segment with the candidate that she is opposing, that is Mary Barkey. Don't go away. Stay close. Thank you for staying tuned, everybody. We're back with my next guest is Ms. Mary Barkey, incumbent, serving her first elected office, which is her first term as trustee for Area 2 of the Orange County Board of Education. And that means you voters, if you reside within the new boundary, the following areas, I'm going to remind everybody who said this before earlier in the show, Seal Beach, Rossmore, Los Alamitos, Cypress, Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley, Costa Mesa, parts of Newport, and portions of Irvine, mainly south of I-405. Her previous experience... Includes she was employed in her family's retail business in the insurance sector. She was a consultant. Uh, Well, actually, it was mentioned she's an executive uh, contributor to the California Policy Center. She's taught ESL to adults in the parent unions in Santa Ana, and briefly as a California GOP elector and continues to serve as Orange County coordinator for both the Run Ben Run and Carson America, Inc., she is a member of the Lincoln Club of OC, the NRA, and the Cypress Chamber of Commerce. She completed her bachelor's degree in finance and general studies at Cal State Northridge University. She comes to us today from her home in Rossmore. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Mary Barkey. Welcome. Thank you. I'm um, honored to be here. Oh, Thank you so much. Well, please, I, just so that we can be really clear, so listeners are literate and pass the test about their civics, give us a brief Explanation of what is the purview of the Orange County Board of Education?
2: That's a great question because many people um, don't understand what what our purview is, and we are an appeals board. So our our main uh, duties are to oversee appeals from community members regarding interdistrict transfers. If a, a child is denied an interdistrict transfer. At the local level, the parents can apply to appeal to the county board. And then we we will take a look at that. The same goes for expulsions. If a child is expelled from a school and parents want to appeal that decision, they can come appeal it to the county board if they aren't pleased with the decision at the local district level. It also applies to charter schools. Charter schools that are denied at the district level can also come to the county on appeal. So that is the main purview. We also oversee the, the budget, which is sitting right at about $300 million right now. Okay. Thank you. So at the the
0: top of your achievements that you post on your website, Mary Barkey, is the is the topic of charter schools. I'm just gonna quote it, approved four new public charter schools and the material expansion of several of our existing charters, including moving the largest Orange County Charter under the umbrella of the county as authorizer. So is this your main Uh, sort of agenda for your second term
2: you know i feel it's really important that children have choices in education um that was why i ran for the board four years ago i realized that my children were, were very lucky you know they won the educational lottery we could afford to move to a city that had a great reputation for its school district los alamitos unified um when it came to high school, my daughter wasn't really comfortable going to high school with 3,000 students. She was bullied a bit in, in uh, middle school for you know being petite and quiet and shy and just a bit awkward. And so we had the um, flexibility to send her to a private high school, and I watched a movie called "Waiting for Superman." Uh, that somebody encouraged me to watch, and I realized that many children don't have great educational choices, great educational opportunities, and in some cases, their education is determined by by the lottery system. And so I, I did a little bit of research. I found in the state of California that there are about 150,000 students at that point waiting on charter school wait lists, uh, in Orange County, we did not have a, a lot of charter schools compared to other counties such as Elly and San Diego. So that is what what inspired me to run is that I just thought it was time to give back, and that all students in Orange County deserve the educational opportunities that my children had. So we're
0: in the first segment. We talked about the communication that uh, that Unified School Districts have their their direct conversations with parents, and you have a. You have a different kind of a parental conversation that you're having. That you're you're tapping, what their their priorities are. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, I mean it's mostly on the appeals level. You know, we, we have direct contact with parents when they come and sit before the board to explain why they think an interdistrict transfer should be appealed. So um, you know, so certainly we, we have direct conversations. But yes, they, they are different than they are at the local district level.
0: So but um, I want us to get to what the there's an opportunity cost with the budget of how much money has been expended in the the, we'll say the pie chart. I was determined is like 15 percent of the overall Orange County Board of Education budget is going uh, to uh, other like we'll say non personnel related uh, expenses. And so there's been quite a bit of money that's been allocated to defend what the Orange County Board of Education appeals of denials of charter schools. So I, I would like for you to talk about what co- those opportunity costs might mean for other responsibilities that the Board of Education has.
2: I'm not exactly sure your question. So please please re- rephrase it so I, I'm not exactly sure what so the question
0: is. it's been an expensive proposition. When I had... Uh, board chair a uh, previous board chair uh, Ken Williams on we talked about the the budget that there was a a fair up now it a, i think the tab is about seven million dollars out of the the board of education budget that's been funding council to de- defend the orange county board of education's appeal of denials of charter schools around the county so how uh, I would like to know how you can re- how you 're recovering that what does that what? Where does that seven million come from? That what? What is not being funded with that seven million being used for legal fees?
2: Well, those. I mean, those legal fees have been more than for the appeal of charter schools. Um, you know, a significant portion of those legal fees was to defend our right to jointly hire legal counsel for the board. And um, we we tried to negotiate with Dr. Maharas and suggest that, you know, we should together appoint new legal counsel, that that's how the education code read. He disagreed. We tried to negotiate many, many times. And, um, you know, he was just unwilling to negotiate. And in the end, the night before, the judge told Dr. Maharas that he was going to rule against him, that he had acted illegally, unilaterally appointing a legal counsel, um, that he would rule that if he did not negotiate with us. He came to the table and negotiated for much more than we were asking two years prior. And that forced us to be in court for two years almost, you know, over a two-year period. We spent about 23 days in court, but um, it it took a lot of time and money to get Dr. Maharas to realize that he had acted illegally and he then finally negotiated with us. But we were willing to negotiate for so much less. I mean, we initially just said, make us part of the process. You know, it was, um, it was much more than to defend appeals of charter schools. It was to defend the ability to jointly choose a counsel. And the judge said, and you, you can look at the transcripts, The judge said in court, it was a bench trial, to us as the trustees who were sitting there most of the time, I I never missed a day in court, um, he said you would be crazy to use something. I'm not sure if you used the word crazy, but uh, he may have. I'd have to look at the transcripts. It's now been a while since we're in court. But he suggested that no way in the world should we be using the counsel that Dr. Maharas had hired. And when he hired that counsel for the both of us, we were actually in an act of lawsuit with Anaheim Unified, which is where um, Mr. Rial came from. So there were many reasons that we had to go to court, but it certainly wasn't the first choice of the board. The, the board very early on asked to be part of the process before I even joined the board, and they were led to believe that they would be part of the process, and the next thing they knew, Jeff Rial had been hired. And there were just um, a lot of um, conflicts of interest for him to be hired to serve the board as well as Dr. Maharas?
0: Well, I guess what's important um, that there that you are closely associated and you do that, and you express this in your on your campaign website about charter schools. This is a this is a large part of your portfolio and so I I wanna know if you could give us the heft of your education background that informs you about how schools provide sir, i'm i'm not talking about your parental decisions and that the resources that your own family had to, for your children i'm talking about the public good that that um what you your experience in education how that informs what it is that you're trying to accomplish for the broadest possible public whose purview the Orange County Board of Education is i i hope that's not a word salad <laughs>
2: Um, You know, I think it's really my research that I have done um, in the last four, five, six years about charter school and the data that I've seen and how it can really bring up our most vulnerable students that don't have the choices that other students have and how I can look at the results. And even during the pandemic, how I saw charter schools could really pivot very quickly and accommodate the needs of their most vulnerable students.
0: So for those of you who've just joined Ask a Leader, my guest is Mary Barkey, president now of the Orange County Board of Education. She's running for a second term on the board's area, Two, And this is a, a one and done kind of proposition here. I should use the word carefully there, that the, the Board of Education offices are up for this is the general election, so people need to spend time down ballot. I say that every week on this show and if you don't know about all the offices on the down ballot, someone you trust can help you with that and so the very bottom on page four is the are the offices of the Orange County Board of Education as well as the Orange County Superintendent of education so again i'm going to run by it's including the areas of Seal Beach, Rossmore, Los Alamitos, Cypress, Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley, Costa Mesa, parts of Newport Beach, and mainly parts of South Irvine, south of um, I-405. So I, I want to, I guess, give you a chance to talk really about what objectives you have envisioned for a second term.
2: You know, I, I, I believe to continue the work that we've been doing to to continue to expand uh, viable charter schools that will provide opportunity to our vulnerable students. And again, not every charter school, but where it really makes sense, you know, I want to continue that work. I want to continue to... Um, Make parents aware that we are there also for the uh, appeals process with interdistrict transfers and expulsions. We don't see many expulsions, but we do see quite a, quite a few interdistrict transfers. And, um, you know, the, the letters and emails that I get, I guess it's really emails from parents, you know, following an interdistrict transfer, how the decisions that we make You know have changed the trajectory of their child's life that you know all students aren't the same and and just because they move into a neighborhood you know the best the best school isn't always the closest one to their home just like at night when we want to go out for dinner you know just because mcdonald's is the closest restaurant it doesn't mean we're always going to go there we might drive an extra few miles and go to in and out burger or you know a few more miles and and go to hoff's hut or whatever we might do and so I think parents really appreciate that we look at each student individually and don't just decide because a person lives here that they have to go to school there because it just may not be a good fit for that child for many reasons. So I um, I look forward to, to continuing to work with parents over those issues. And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, it pulls your heartstrings as to, to why they might want to do that. And it's something as simple as childcare that, you know, they work – far, far from home and, um, the thought of being, you know, an hour or two away when something might happen near the child's school and not be able to be there to run and and pick up their son or daughter. But, you know, near where they work, grandma and grandpa live. And after school, they can actually walk to grandma and grandpa's house and, you know, learn more about their family and their culture and and be safe and things like that. So, you know, there's, there's so many different reasons that, um, Students always aren't a perfect fit for their closest districts, and so I just I think that's something really important where we can really make a difference in, in individual lives.
0: Well, I want to, there are a number of topics. I'm not sure we're going to get to uh, squeeze all these in in a, sort of the shortest hand. I can give the questions and maybe a shorthand answers. But um, I the concern about charter schools is that how. How transparent are they in enrolling students? If, if I had a child with special needs, how do I know that they were uh, not enrolled, that you, did, you decided not to enroll them in a charter school at, with the kind of transparency that um, is th- to the extent that charter schools are transparent about whom they're enrolling? How do I, how do I know how that works? How can I see that decision being made?
2: Well, if, if there's room in the charter school, if the charter school is not full, they take all comers. They don't, they don't turn away anyone. So it, it's as simple as that. So, you know, if there's a spot, your child has to be enrolled. Um, if for some reason the school has a wait list, then it'll just be a lottery. It'll be the luck of the draw. And, and that to me is what's so sad is that a child's education can actually depend on a lottery, you know, that, that there aren't enough Schools to accommodate the children that want to be in those schools, so it's it's very transparent. So, well, um,
0: uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, back and forth that you've talked about over the years. I, I'm not the first one to bring that up. So, I I want to talk about in the earlier interview, we we're talking about some some asymmetries, and I, I in your support, the endorsements and your financial support in your campaign. There is a considerable amount of resources coming from the charter school, sort of the pipeline from the Hillsdale system to uh, other the National Alliance for Public Charter Schools. I mentioned they they took out a full page ad in the New York Times on May eighth. That's a lot of money. I checked out. It's like that's all. it was maybe two three years ago. That was a two hundred fifty thousand dollar ad to take out from the National Alliance. But I want um, to, I want you to speak to. The, the main financial support you're getting that is that we can expect is going to be a part of your campaign now and accelerating going into June 7th.
2: So you're speaking about National Alliance for Charter School ads. Did somebody take out an ad for me that I'm not aware of? Because I'm, I'm not aware of that ad. Is, is well, there was... I mentioned? There was a great deal. I'm
0: just saying that how the deep pockets are in the charter school pipeline locally, regionally and then nationally, we could see that. So I just wanted to know where where is your main financial support coming in your campaign? Because it was it was considerable amount going into your your election for your first term. It was like five to one spending against your opponent.
2: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know anything about the National Alliance, so that I I know nothing of. If you do, please send it to me. As far as Hillsdale, I've not received any funding from Hillsdale. That's you know, that's a that's a college, they have a charter school program, they don't as far as I know, fund or support or help campaigns. They they help, you know, start up charter schools and they, you know, educate college students, but I don't know of any funding that comes from Hillsdale as well.
0: Well, we are seeing connections with the California Policy Center that with with which you're affiliated, and with the Hillsdale. So I'm going to ask consumers of our uh, electoral system, our voters, to 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 investigate that because I think it's a really important thing. So, um, and how are you luring the voters to down ballot? It's, uh, it's something I ask everybody on in this election, this primary.
2: Um, by by uh, going door to door, I always believe personal contact. I love to talk to people. Um, so they can meet me and ask me questions. Yesterday I had a great conversation with somebody who, uh, it's funny, he he described himself as being very liberal and really not liking charter schools but wanted me to change his mind, and I told him why I believe in charter schools, and, you know, he told me why he moved to the neighborhood he did, and it was because of the schools. He had three, you know, young, beautiful daughters running around, and I said, well, and I said, that's precisely why I'm I'm for charter schools because not everybody has the opportunity that you do to move to a school district that you're comfortable with that has great schools. And I looked at his his girls and they were just adorable. I said, you guys are lucky that you have a dad who really cares about you and asks me all these questions and, you know, make sure that you guys have a great school. And so I believe that's the way I get people to go down ballot is to walk door to door and talk to them and let them ask me questions and sometimes we agree sometimes we don't and i think that's the great thing about america is we don't all have to agree and um you know but i always want to be open to talk to people and let them know why why i am running for office
0: well i want to thank you for your time i have always more questions than i have time and we thank you mary barky for your time today thank you for having me on i appreciate the time have a wonderful day thank you and my and thank you for running my guest was Mary Barkey, incumbent running for another term on the Orange County Board of Education's Area 2, which includes, as I've already mentioned all this. So this is a one and done. Folks, if you don't vote now, there is no general election. This is the general election. So uh, I'm reaching out to all local candidates for uh, the rest of the June primary. Not everyone has called back. And I'm talking to you, Claude Parrish, Pat Bates, Kevin Muldoon, and even Claudia Petri norris that's my wrap for next week's show DA candidate Brian Cheehawk for starters. To talk with you next week. Thank you for listening, everyone. And remember to register and then confirm. May 23rd's the deadline, but the same day, voting and voting centers and your provisional ballots being counted later is also a possibility. Thanks again. Bye-bye.